Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, how you doing, man? Uh, it's a great Saturday afternoon. Uh, sun's out. Getting warm here in Germany, so can't complain. I finally got the bike out yesterday and got me an outdoor ride in. I was super excited about that. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's going well. How about you? How's uh how's life over there in uh, South Korea? Well, it was pretty. It was, it was pretty nice out today. Also, uh, sun was also out. the The air quality may be a little bit different from where you are, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. I did, however, receive my household goods this week so i have my bicycles i'm looking to go get some new tires this week because i think the ones i had were kind of old or basically the tubes um so i'm going to try to get those and once i get those then i'll be able to get this bad boy on the road man so but yeah (laughs) well you got some you got some catching up to do brother i'm at uh i'm at almost 850 miles for the year right now oh man i'm I, blame me. I'm going to start putting it in. Don't worry. I, I definitely, <laughs> there's plenty of road or trails here. Like those bike trails take you everywhere around this country. Well, I'm pretty excited about it. So that's how it is. That's how it is here too. And actually on the sidewalk downtown where I was riding yesterday, they have bike lanes on the sidewalk. So people don't walk in them. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I mean, yeah, so I don't have to ride in the road. <laughs> I guess, you know, if, if there was something I could like take back with me, um, to the U.S. That's like one of those things I wish we had more of, you know, I mean, because you and I, we've ridden, we've ridden all over the place uh, back at Fort Campbell together and, and even out there in the, you know, when we went to the TMRWB thing. But it's like you basically are either riding on the shoulder of the road and you can get hit or you're, you know, you're trying not to ride on a sidewalk that somebody could be walking on. It's just there's not enough of, you know, trails or, or just bike bike lanes in general, you know? I mean, and I I think it could be more conducive in a sense. Yeah, no. So the way they do it here is the, that sidewalk will go. And then when you come to an intersection, there'll be a bike lane in the road to cross the intersection. And then you hop back up on the curb and it's another bike. It's a bike lane still. Now, it's not everywhere, but I thought it was pretty convenient because downtown, you know, where I'm at is pretty congested. And, uh. You're also talking about a place where people are used to pretty much speeding as much as they feel like. So not super comfortable on my bike in the road. But, yeah, it's nice. But it was a good ride. It was a short ride, but it was a good ride. Understandable. Yeah, here they have – I did the research, and it's like 1,677 miles worth of bike trails that are just – you know, they're paved, and they're just for bicycles. People can run and walk on them too. But, I mean, I, I thought to myself, man, that's amazing. That's awesome. I can't wait to – start exploring (laughs) yes excellent but but the show today the title of today's show is the first q a show uh we'll probably do more of these down the road but this one is our very first one we had posted on our closed facebook group uh, by the way before we go any further if there's anybody out there that is not part of the instinctive influencers closed facebook group Type in the search bar in your Facebook, 101 Influence. Uh, it'll come up to what's considered like a business page, but really it's a it's an education page is what I, 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 made, I designated it. 
but you're going to hit visit group, the little blue button there, and answer the three questions and become a part of our group. And we're always asking questions, always, you know, there's something being posted or, or, or said there, you know, and that's, that's a great medium to help grow this. And you'll understand why once we start, we start getting into, if this is the first time you've heard this show, which if episode 25 is your first time you've heard this show, you need to go backwards and you need to start listening to the other ones because we have some great stuff there. Um, but this isn't a bad one because you're going to kind of get some opinionated. This is really, this particular episode is going to be opinions a lot, you know? Um, but so we posted a question of what are some questions that you would like us to answer on our very first Q&A show? And I'll tell you, we've got some questions there. If, if there's anybody who is a, ba- a, a big fan of us, I would definitely have to say there is this lady by the name of Tammy Haley. Yeah, Tammy Haley. Looks like, hey, I know her. Do you? Yeah? Because she asked a <laughs> yeah, <I'm>... ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, thank you so very much for wanting to uh, include all these things. Uh, but I definitely want to say that some of the stuff you asked, we're not going to tackle that today because, well, personally trying to explain and, and, and try to identify Freud's personality factors in influencing of others, that's a little bit deeper than what I, I, I expected from the Q&A show. Um, additionally, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's, there's some really you know deep stuff in there. Um, also, you asked a question about how to win friends and influence people by Dale uh, Carnegie. And I will tell you that that is one of those books that I am. I have a goal that Ed and I are going to cover that as one whole podcast at some point. Just don't know when. Um, and then later on, you talked about the 13 reasons why when I, we talked about it back in the suicide episode. And you just really, it wasn't a question. You even stated that, you know, it was just asked if I ever read the books because they're really good. And I know you're, you're really much into a book, books and you're a bit of a book nerd. So, um, but. What we do have is we got, we have some, we have some, she gives us a, a question. We've also got one from the Bearded Ninja, Rick Williams. We've got a question from uh, your barber and mine, along with Ethan's, Heather Linville from uh, back there in Tennessee. And then also a young lady who used to work, her earned her husband used to work for me um, back there at Fort Campbell, Kathy Sanchez. So these we're going to go through, we're going to answer these questions from four different people, but we're going to start right off the bat. Ed, your wife came up with some this or that type questions. <laughs> so we're going to, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's like when we do instinctive response, it's kind of like that, but we're not giving long answers. We're just, it's this or that. Okay. You ready? All right. This or that. We don't have to justify it. No justification. It's this or that. All right. Ready? This or that. Ice cream or sherbet. <laughs> uh, Ice cream. Ice cream here, too. Good job. Froyo or gelato? <laughs> gelato. Definitely gelato here. Pizza or tacos? Yeah. Pizza. Pizza here also. Thank you. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sun or snow? Sun all day long. Oh, yeah, yeah. She only asks about snow because she's Canadian. Uh, yeah, sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is not a, this or that. This one's favorite season. I mean, it depends on where we are at because, I mean, spring is different in different areas of the United States or different parts of the world. But 
I had to go with spring because, I mean, I like it to be warm. I hate the cold. I absolutely hate the cold, but I don't want it to be so warm that it feels like you got your head in the oven all day long. So I'd say spring. I will have to say mine is always going to be fall. Uh, Starts football, one of my favorite things. And I love Thanksgiving, my second or my my favorite holiday there there is across you know of all the holidays. So plus I love the crisp air and the you know the the smell that it brings and the way the leaves change and just in it and then if you want to do something outside, normally it's not too hot, not too cold, depends on where you are, like you said. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna say fall. Oh, okay. Um, it's a good answer. Beach or mountains? Oh, the beach. I'm moving to the beach. The beach. I'm retiring on a beach. <laughs> okay. I'm a mountains. I like the mountains. Well, you grew up in the mountains, right? Well, yeah, kinda, yeah. yeah. For a little, for well, time of about eight till I was about fourteen. Yeah. Or so yeah, it's an easy one for you. Um, I love it. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's just something about it and hiking and all that. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I have to say this. I am not a fan of sand. I just don't like it. Um. It does. I don't know why. I just don't. It does get into inconvenient places, but when I think beach, I'm thinking water. And I grew up spending my summers on the Chesapeake Bay with my great grandparents, fishing, crabbing, whatever. And so I've always had a real passion for the water. When we go to Florida now, we go scalloping. I usually say scalloping, but my cousin Nikki always corrects me and says it's scalloping. Uh, we go scalloping and things like that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just love the water, and I just put that with the beach. Oh, okay. I got you. All right, last last of her silly – I won't call them silly. I think they're serious. Um, yeah, because she is going to be mad at you if you call them silly. <laughs> they're not silly, Haley, Tammy. Tammy, Haley. <laughs> I can't even say Haley, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just did the, uh, I did the military last name first. You know, um <laughs> Anyways, last question um, of the of the initial piece of it before we get into four really really di- deep digging questions: boxers or briefs? Uh, boxer briefs. I was going to say the same thing because that's what I, I like the, <laughs> you know, like the spandex types boxer briefs. That's what I do. So I, I guess that's a both. Yeah, it's kind of a both. And as, as so as I've gotten promoted and I can afford other things i pretty much only am gonna wear the under armor boxer briefs too i don't really wear any other because we ride the bike so much so what i found is the seam gets uncomfortable in some of the other brands (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's almost like wearing bicycle yeah boxer brief definitely yeah we we outthought her on that one. Oh yeah <laughs> she didn't get us there <laughs> funny her <laughs> all right so i right, we're gonna jump in we have four in-depth questions i think um each one of these questions could probably take a little bit of time to answer we'll start right off the bat with rick williams uh the beer ninja rick wrote what was your most difficult leadership challenge and when did you realize it was your most difficult leadership challenge um, I can tell you, I'll give you a minute to think about this because I read these beforehand, so I kind of have an idea of what to, what I wanted to say. Um, I think my most difficult challenge was definitely when I realized that uh, I didn't know everything. And this particular time, this is, it was when I became an E5, a sergeant in the Army. Um, I was in charge of a guy. I was 23 years old. This guy was 32. 
and I I just I could it just seemed like this guy was always doing things to get in trouble or you know or he just he wasn't it was almost like he didn't have the right thought path um and at one point put it this way I used to have to drive him around to make sure he paid his bills and and to me it's like in my mind I'm like why aren't you doing this you know and and, and I I just kept thinking like I had all the right answers but I really didn't realize it's you know Maybe he wasn't taught the things, you know, that he needed to. And, you know, he's much older now, so he's set in his ways and, and all these things. So I would definitely say that that was probably my biggest challenge because from the time I got, you know, pinned to be an E5, it was probably a month and a half before I met the guy. And then and then right then, you know, things just started happening. You know, he wouldn't show up on time to formation. He wasn't paying his bills. He wasn't doing this. He was doing that. He owed money to these people. It's just... Lots of things, man, and it just, it was overwhelming, but it was probably more overwhelming because I couldn't answer why he was like that, and it it bothered me, and even to this day, to this day, I can look for it. I have it somewhere. Um, I've I've obviously sanitized it of all, um, like, we call it PII or, you know, personal information, personal identified information. I've sanitized it of all that stuff, but I've kept it as an example. Like I've kept it as my, like, this is my first problem that I didn't know what to do because it was my first problem. And I've kept it all those years. I mean, I still have it. It's in a tough box uh, locked away at my house um, just because I wanted to always remember that and always know that, hey, there are just some people you can't help. You can try your best and you can do everything you need to. And you need to try, try, try. But just some people, you're not going to be able to help. Long story short, when I was in E5, I found he made, I found out that he made E6 before I did. And that bothered me because he ended up getting promoted. He went he went away to somewhere else, got promoted and stuff. And, I, and from what I understood, he still did the same things where he was at before. It was just no one was holding his feet to the fire. So it really, that was probably my most difficult leadership challenge of course rick's probably thinking well wasn't it the last place you were at i'm like nah not the last place i loved (laughs) what what about you that's a tough question it is isn't it so you know we've talked about before like the transition we talked about from being a peer to being in charge of those peers i mean that's a tough one um like right now i'm i'm responsible for people who are senior to me and kind of figuring that role of, you know, if they haven't done their vision screening, like how to approach this senior person, because I'm the one who has to answer for why they're red for hearing. You know what I mean? So that's a difficult one, but I'm going to tell you one that I've had. Um, so I have always struggled with showing emotion or being an emotional person to some extent. My wife will a hundred percent agree when she hears this, you know, my wife could tell me something that's really upset and I, I'll be upset, but I, I really won't be. I'll be like, well, you know, like if she has a friend that won't talk to her anymore, they've had a falling out. I'll be like, okay, we'll move on. And that's definitely not the normal answer. Uh, I went through a period of about six to eight months as a young sergeant, not even super young. Like I had been a sergeant about three years and 
I had a soldier attempt to commit suicide by driving uh, into a barrier, a concrete barrier without a seatbelt because the boy she just knew she loved didn't want to marry her, right? I had a soldier who gave birth early and the child passed away right after. And um, I, w- I went to the hospital to see, the- see her because that was the right thing. And they actually took pictures of the baby like like they would for a baby who made it through delivery. You know what I mean? And you could like see like uh, the skin was thin. You could kind of see the veins. And so that was rough. And then I had another soldier who I was very close with. Uh, we worked side by side pretty much. Uh, actually, I want to say we actually had our chairs bump into each other all the time because we shared a desk. And his wife had a complicated delivery and the baby was sick and in the hospital and it was his first, which he has more now, but he was very emotional uh, behind it. And I really realized then that like this, this lack of emotion that I have, although at sometimes handy uh, was, it was really not, uh, it wasn't, good for me as a leader and I had to kind of learn to um, overcome it at least on the outside I had to make people be like okay he cares now I did care I went to the hospital all three of those cases just and those are only three I've experienced my career that I'm naming there's many more but those three I went to the hospital every time because I knew one of my leaders taught me early that that was the thing to do I mean I had a soldier get incarcerated and I went and visited her at jail because uh, she was waiting to be uh, transported to another state. But I went and seen her in jail weekly until she was transported because even though she did wrong, she's still my soldier. And that was the thing to do. But those other cases, I remember like they just drained me emotionally. And, uh, and they did. They taught me that you have to be able to take emotion out, but you also have to be able to have some emotion to give to. Um, in, in those instances, like, you know, I could be in, in the room with the, the soldier who had the miscarriage, sort of a miscarriage, but I don't know what the real term is. Cause she did give birth. The baby just passed within hours, but I can't be in there and be cold about it. You know what I mean? Like I had to be able to be like, but I also struggle with finding the words to be like, I'm so sorry because I'm like, is that what you say? Does she really want to hear that right now? So that's a leadership challenge. It, that to this day, I still struggle with emotion in my personal life, and I struggle with emotion in situations like that. Um, I'm an old soldier, and sometimes I'm just very much a suck it up and move out, suck it up in, in a buttercup type of guy. So uh, 21 years, by the way, on the 12th of March was 21 years, and here I am still struggling with that emotion piece. Now, I do identify it. I do know it's there. I know it's real because... I know it's real in my uh, my household, so that's probably one of the biggest leadership challenges is the emotion. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's not the awesome that you, you know, that you, you may have a challenge, but it's awesome that you were able to recognize it and you and you know that even though over time it's taken, you know, and maybe that's something you conquer over life, you know, and it's it's just it's just good to know that you you you're recognizing that leadership challenge, you know, and I'll tell you that. I would love to hear back from Rick at some point and kind of like hear his most difficult leadership challenge, you know, with, you know, without too many, uh, 
details. You. <laughs> no, we still talk. He and I talk all the You time. as a student. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think, well, I mean, we still conversate probably every two or three days. Uh, I was just thinking about emailing him the other day, but I said I'll wait because I'll be uh, more in his time zone. I'll be able to call him in the near future. So I'm just going to give him a call. Yeah, I think his I think his uh, his wife and child are going to be over in your neck of the woods here. So they're going. Uh, they're going to the they're, European area. They are, and uh, my wife has given him many tips from our most recent trip, um, because there's some stuff that they needed to know. So she's actually been talking to his wife and giving her pointers on on our most recent trip to help them. Yeah, awesome. yeah very cool it's it's always nice to know when you have somebody somewhere else that's i think that's one of like that's one of those things about the military that makes it so nice you know because it's like no matter where you are or where you're going there's somebody who's either been there or is going there or knows somebody that's there that can help you. yeah i you think know? that's a Just, i no think it's what. a big piece of the of the military tribe or organization you know back in the day they used to say we're the biggest gang in the world however you want to term it, but that's a big thing. You're right. Like now there may be those really small bases that you may be like, Oh, I have to go to this base, but I'm going to tell you, like I'm going to a base soon. And I know like four people there and they're like, Hey, I'll take you out for dinner. Cause I'm going to be in a rental in a hotel and all the whole shipping bang. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, I'm a, but I'm going to flip it. And I'm going to take one of them who is a staff sergeant and I'm going to introduce them to a master sergeant Brooks. And I'm going to see if I can get them an interview. Oh, that would be great if you can get a nice interview, especially, you know, with Brooks. You need to definitely get an interview yeah. with him. No, no, um, I meant an interview for that soldier to to work at the, oh, the academy. Oh, oh, oh. I got you. Makes sense. Well, you should still try to get an interview. I with should. I should. Ch- I have person. to check my timeline and his, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, it's just, you know, it, and it's funny because like when I was still back in the States at Campbell, I ran into a buddy of ours named Phillips. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going such and such. I was like, oh, hey, you know, Ed's there. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I've already talked to him. He's hooking me up with blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but those are the things. Oh, yeah. It's just so nice to know you can rely on The holidays. I made his hotel arrangements for him over the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, obviously, we kind of went a crazy turn from the original question, you know, but, you know, but that's okay. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that we kind of got caught up in. Um, But I definitely say – that that was a great question by Rick. Rick, thank you very much for uh, throwing that out there. Um, and those of you, if, if, you know, as we go through, um, we're going to see what the task will be at the end. But most likely, it'll have to do with all these questions. Okay? <laughs> uh, so the next one, the very next question is from uh, your wife, oh, Tammy boy. Haley. I mean, who yeah. I love so much. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really good question. I like it. Um, what are some lessons learned with professional boundaries for teams you lead? Well, that's a, I mean, <laughs> I know. go right ahead, Ed. It's, um, so professional boundaries. So one of them, you know, in the military, go right back to that separating yourself from being their, their peer to being their senior. Um, so early on, I didn't realize how important that really was. I did. I was like, Hey, you know, and, and a lot of times, and I know you've, have you ever heard in your career, Brian, where they say, uh, Oh, as long as they can separate work from 
personal time. Oh, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, tons. I've like, said you, it myself. Yeah. So, and and I really did want to subscribe to that, but I've been bitten the backside for that a few times. And now that's one of those things that I won't uh, violate, which is funny because technically that would mean I wouldn't hang out with you when we worked at the academy because you were senior to me. But it's the other way that I have the problem. <laughs> but what helps me, though, the other thing, too, a lot of times a lot of people who have been senior to me throughout my career have not had a problem with me being around. So as the E5, I hung out with all the platoon sergeants when we were deployed, the E7s. But it was also my age that helped that. Yeah, you know, definitely. A lot of them looked at it like, well, he's the same age as us. You know, he's got that maturity level. But, yeah, though, no, that subordinate is your subordinate. Whether they're off duty or on duty, which you're never really off duty, right? We've heard that before, too. But now if you have a platoon bowling team, which we've done before, that's one thing. But if you have an individual soldier who is hanging out with you on the weekends and maybe they come over and they're cooking dinner or they're uh, or they're hanging out playing Xbox and they just stay tonight, that's that's a line that I used to cross as a young E5 that I think that's a professional boundary. It you just I, I just think it's wrong because I've been burnt by it. So that's probably why. That's also probably where this question came from with my wife because she knows – I've changed my my outlook on that boundary, that particular boundary. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I have to agree with you completely on that because in the same sense, I remember when I went recruiting in 2005, just before that, um, it was just any, I could hang out with anybody or I felt like I could. And I was a young sergeant who shouldn't have been just hanging in and chumming out with anybody I wanted to. I went recruiting, and ever since then, about 2005 till now, I've made it up. No one, you know, never came. No one ever came to my house when I lived in Charlotte, Tennessee. You know, I, I never invited anybody there for reasons. There, were, I, I just knew that there was supposed to be a, a, uh, a split there. Um, and then you mentioned, now what you mentioned there, you said something about um, you and I hanging out. But if you really think about it, we did not hang out until after you moved to a different area where I was no longer a senior to you. I was just a senior in the organization. Yeah. But I had no say and you know what I mean? Like you work for somebody else. So it didn't it didn't really affect us. The Turk. Anyway, um yeah, but <laughs> you know uh, No, I meant I meant I meant we didn't we didn't hang out until you moved to CFDIC. Well, that's not a, that's not 100% accurate because I spent many many times in your office talking to the top of your head while you were writing and ignoring me. But <laughs> yeah, I, I you know what though I don't consider that hanging out. I consider that like that's just you know what I mean. Like although we would we would look at each other as friends, I didn't I never saw that as hanging out um, because a lot of times it was about professional talk. It wasn't like a lot. I mean, I can't think off the top of my head a lot of stuff that we talked about that wasn't. That's true. Uh, that's true. But, but and that's why I, I think. You know, it was once, you know, because you think about it, when did we start really hanging out? Well, when we started cycling together, that was yeah. that was one of those things that was away from work that was no longer work. Because now I do believe, I do believe that people that may seem senior to rank or senior to position or even senior in age, that you should be mingling across the professional side of things. 
you know, there is that boundary that if you're not, then you're not creating a conducive team. Oh yeah. yeah. Not no, you have learning, to have, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to have a presence as a leader. That's what I'm saying. So like if we're at a range, right. And we're in between iterations or there's a group of soldiers and they've all qualified, then I might speak to them. And you may even just in a conversation accidentally give mentorship to, but I may speak to them and you know, I'm, Oh, they're over there laughing and joking. That's one thing. It's for my, me. The problem is when the uniform comes off, then the rank's still there. It's like, you may as well get it tattooed because it's there. So there's still specialists, such and such, and you're still staff sergeant, sergeant first class, such and such. That line is there. We want to blur it because we like them. Like that's somebody I would have some beers with. Uh, what was it? The three second rule or the three beer rule. Oh yeah. Right. I yeah, know yeah. within three beers, if I'm going to like you or not, we want to hang out with them because we can tell we, we would, we would like hanging out with them. That's somebody we would like, but. At the same time, we got to sacrifice. We took an oath and we have to sacrifice certain things. And that's one of those things. And I think that's one of the struggles a lot of young sergeants probably have in the military and within any organization. Uh, you move up and you leave that person behind. Getting that clean break is is not an easy task. Not at all. No, it's it's definitely tough. And you know what, though? And we're, we're speaking on the terms right here of this particular professional boundary, we're speaking on the military side. You know, I, I would have to say, and if there are those out there who are on the civilian side, want to uh, comment to this back and just write a little something to us, you're more than welcome. But I would say it'd probably be just as tough if you go from being, you know, the bean counter to the manager of bean counters, you know, I mean, I would think that that could be just as tough because all of a sudden now you're the person in charge telling people or, 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 persuading people to do their job correctly or do it a certain way or you know whatever it is you need to do and they're not they may not like it because now bob is no longer their friend anymore and bob's telling them what to do you know type of thing so i don't know it's just that's definitely a that's a huge professional boundary um i i it's not it's not the one i would select i i have selected in my mind um, you're going to laugh at the one I have selected. Oh, I got to hear this. Maybe. <laughs> um, just, Ed, I'm going to tell you now, no names, no names, no names, buddy. Okay. Oh, okay. Because you're going to know <laughs> two different ones that I'm thinking of. So, all right. So professional boundaries, lessons learned, learn to shut your mouth and not say the wrong things. That is probably, and I mean, and I'm saying that in the most direct way, I possibly can to anyone that's listening when it comes to professional boundaries. Inappropriate language is not a place in the workplace. It is not a place in any professional work area. Any type of inappropriate language. I do not care who you think you are. Inappropriate language is not. That that's 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 a lesson that I've learned. I've seen I've seen two different people um, in my two most previous units get in trouble for this and i mean i you see you it's all the time but the thing is you know what it's it's not just uh i mean you see you go you turn on the news and somebody said something inappropriate and now they're being up, brought up on char, uh, harassment charges or, or sexual uh harassment charges or something you know what i mean so i i think and and that just goes to set, it goes to show like so we watch a sitcom you watch sit and if you watch sitcoms nowadays, it, they are much different than they were 20, 
30, even 15 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe more like 20. <laughs> maybe more like 20 years ago. But Married with children would not be now. on the air. <laughs> well, you look at the sitcoms now, and, you, I mean, they're saying things that are, I mean, downright just vulgar in nature sometimes, and you're just like, how do they get a buy with this? And it carries over. What people don't realize is if we allow that, we're allowing this stuff on TV, you know, and, and I got it, you know, that's why things have ratings and stuff. I got it. But people don't know how to disconnect. They, they don't realize that that's not a profession that that is like comedy or, or drama or whatever. They have to learn to disconnect from that. And they they can't go into work the next day and say, oh, man, you wouldn't believe what I heard. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I saw this on that show. And it's like. No, you can't. Don't say that stuff. You know, I mean, it, the fact if, if if two put it if two guys are standing there and they're making uh, sexual innuendos about a woman who works there or that could have worked there or that that uh, you know that walks by them doesn't even doesn't even work there, they already messed up because they shouldn't even started that conversation. It shouldn't have happened. You see what I mean? And to me, that's that's one of those professional boundaries that uh, lesson learned is you you do the wrong thing, you're going to burn yourself. It's it's not about well somebody's out to get me or anything like that. It's you're going to burn yourself if you're doing the wrong thing because at some point the right person's going to hear it and they're going to they're going to bring it up and something's going to be done about it. You know, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, so it made me think back. You remember when we were kids, like. I, I mean, I, I know I got in trouble for trying to recite something I accidentally heard on Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and I decided to say it in my classroom in school in, like, the fourth grade, and, uh, man, that's back in the sp the, the, uh, sp uh, spanking age, and, man, did I get one. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's kind of the same idea. Like, you go and you repeat these things, and you're not a, a cognizant of your audience. And then, you know, what you're saying is deemed inappropriate. And I know a lot of people will say, well, people are too sensitive nowadays. But some of it is just common sense. Like, I do not have a conversation at work that I would have if it was me and you barbecuing in my backyard having some beers. Those conversations are different. You know what I mean? Like, but you have to be able to have that kind of discipline to realize this is not appropriate in a workspace or in a church or man, these soldiers and these, and, and the shopettes and the PXs drive me insane with the language and the things they say. I spend more time fixing soldiers over stuff like that in a commissary or our grocery store. You know what I mean? But you have to understand those boundaries and that difference. That's a, that's an excellent one, Brian. I, I I will agree with you on that one. That's an excellent one. Yeah. It's definitely a lesson I've learned, and I will tell you that I have not always followed that. I would have to say that there was some time back when I was I felt like I I I did not have the appropriate language, you know what I mean? But I also felt like I wasn't mature enough, you know, to in the professional setting. As I've gotten older, I've learned, okay, well, you know what? <laughs> you don't talk like that. You know what I mean? So, and, and also, I mean, and I don't talk about this on this show for, you know, cer certain reasons, but I also have a religious background that I have to, I, I know I need to follow. All right. You know, it's just to me, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's funny that some people can, they just feel like they can say what they want and I'm, it just bothers me, you know, and it's, 
those who stop it, you know, and they say, no, that's enough. And if it continues on, obviously you escalate. But that's yeah. the whole point, too, though, because sometimes people don't realize what they're doing is wrong, even though they should know. Sometimes they don't. And I, and I can understand that part, too. You know what I mean? So it's that's just a lesson learned is, is knowing when to say stop and and hopefully they do. But, you know, I think you, what you brought up, you know, with being able to segregate, separate yourself from subordinates and what I brought up about what to not what to say and not to say. I think I think those are both great lessons learned about professional boundaries. And I can't wait to hear, you know, after, you know, we, we po- publish this and we look for ta- we, we put out tasks to hear whatever other people may say may be a good professional boundaries. So anything else on that, Ed? Uh, no, I mean, so I'm like you, I don't want you to feel special. I struggled with that a lot. The, the, you know, what you say and especially the profanity, I really struggled with that a lot. And I, I think I talked about on this show before. And then I started working for CW, a, a warrant officer, Sharon Polk. And she retired, right? Yeah, she's retired now, but man, she used to, if she heard me, she would call me in the office and, and this woman would smack me up, upside my shoulder and be like, no, no. And I was like, I am 40 years old. Roger that chief. I won't say that again, <laughs> but it helped. And I got better in my personal life too, with not using profanity because it's weird when you're growing, when you're around kids, you can cut it off. I would never swear in front of Ethan, right? Because I can cut that off. So why can't we cut it off in the workplace? And I've actually tried to get people who are very guilty of bad language. And I said uh, to the soldier, I said, well, do you talk like that around your nieces and nephews? Yeah. Well, then you have a different problem. Like, that's just my opinion. But you have a different problem if you speak like that around your nieces and nephews. So, yeah, no, that's a good one. I thought they were both good ones. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to see a lot of people with that agree and disagree with both of those. Yeah. Well, Tammy, thanks for that question. That was a really good question. Um, I think we could go a lot further with that question if we want to, and we weren't going to go jump on to the next couple ones, but very good question. Thank you, Tammy. She said you're welcome. All right. Now, oh, she <laughs> No, she's she at work. There? I was just messing. <laughs> oh. Well, it's well, it's funny because, you know, I'm pulling this stuff off of my mess in my Facebook Messenger because that's where I had it. And I look at the top and we had just got started and it said, Tammy is now available or something like that. And I thought she's at work. She shouldn't be on there. It's it's Saturday (laughs) and there's only like one set of barracks on their base. I don't even know why they're open, man. I don't know why. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. So the next question is from, um, uh, someone who's near and dear to both Ed and I and my son, Ethan, uh, because she took care of our hair, take, you know, all of our hair, man. I uh, miss Heather. <laughs> she was our, Oh man. She's a great barber, man. I'll tell you, she was our barber. Um, she, uh, she actually, if you're in the Clarksville area, listen, if you, if you're in the Clarksville area and you're looking for somebody, you, you really want to take care of your hair. I will tell you, I'm just going to plug it now. She doesn't pay us anything for a plug. Um, she is one of the the better barbers of that area, and she, not only is that she's a kind-hearted person, um, she's cut my son's hair for quite a while now, um, and and she's a part of. Uh, she's there with the rest of the crew with Storm and Normans, um, and they're located 
uh, not too far. It's over on Madison, off of Madison uh, in the Clarksville area. I would tell you, just look up heatherlinville.com and I'll even put it in the show notes just in case somebody who may be in that area looking for a haircut, but definitely check her out. Um, my, my wife just told me the other day, Ethan's getting ready to go for a haircut here uh, in a couple days with I'm her. So Anyways, jealous. Um, <laughs> I am too. No, I mean the guy that, the guy that I have here that cuts my hair. And so for those of you who do not know Ed and I enough to know that we're hair guys. Okay. We like our hair to look good. And, when you have somebody who cuts your hair and they mess it up, you almost feel like they've done you wrong. Yeah. You know? like they took my lunch money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like they had some crazy power over me and they messed, they messed with my, you know, my inner self, you know, and they, they've, they've knocked my, my confidence off a little bit. But, but when we found Heather, it's like, she does our hair. I don't even, all I did was I was just sit in the chair now you know i mean i've been going to her long enough that i just sit in the chair she knew exactly what i wanted and took care of it and i never had to you know i mean we'd have a conversation but it was always you know it's great you know and i know ed was the same way yeah oh yeah i like the conversation the conversation she always her and i were movie people and my wife would sit there and we'd all three sit and talk about movies and then we would talk about TV until they got to this Jason Momoa thing, and then it would be like, "Oh, he's so dreamy," and I'll be like, "Okay, just cut my hair now." <laughs> <laughs> he is so dreamy. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> no, and she's also um, she's a big, big time special needs advocate. Uh, for those of you, uh, I would tell you if let's just say if you happen to be in the area and you have a special needs um, child who needs their hair cut. I will tell you, she's probably one of the better ones to, uh, to, to, you know, to meet that need. Um, I, I can say that from personal experience because I am a special needs person (laughs) (laughs) and I don't, mine is a whole different special needs. (laughs) Um, but no, really seriously, like she is the, uh, she's definitely the stuff. So enough about Heather, but we're going to get to Heather's question. So let me read it real quick. We talk to ourselves more than anyone. How big of an impact do you think our internal conversations have on our life? And what way can we keep that internal conversation the most positive influence it can be? Do you have your own intentional, motivational talk with yourself, or is it second nature? That's that's actually a couple questions there. It's not just one question. It's a couple questions. So let's tackle that first one. How big of an impact do you think our internal conversation have on our life? Hmm. Well, I think I think it's pretty. I, for me, it's pretty significant because, um, and I do, I do have these internal conversations. Uh, you know, I used to when I first started teaching with the bearded ninja. Let's say I did a whole affirmation thing in the office before I went out to teach my first day you know, reinforcing that I, I know the material. So what am I worried about? And uh, I also had a rousing speech by George C. Scott as George S. Patton playing in the background too. But I, I do those speeches like, okay, today I'm going to talk about this, bam, this, this, I, I know what I'm going to talk about. So what am I nervous about? And I, I kind of talk myself off the ledge and I've used that kind of method for a lot of stuff. Even in the weight room, you, you know, if you're going to, try to lift heavier than you've ever lifted. Okay. I got this. I've done 
it's only 10 more pounds, 20 more pounds. I can do this. I got this. And then you beat yourself in the chest like a gorilla. All right. Maybe not that part, but, <laughs> but I definitely, yeah, no, I've definitely had some conversations with myself too. And it also remember in the cartoons, Brian, and you'd be having a, trying to make a decision. The character's trying to make a decision and what happens? The angel pops up right on one shoulder mm-hmm. and then the devil yep. figure pops up on the other shoulder. Okay, that's what my conversations can be like sometimes. Well, if you go at it like this, that's probably not the way you want to go in there and be aggressive and demanding. But if you go at it like this, you probably be more successful. So, yeah, no, very important. I think internal conversations really drive uh, when you when you it drives what you do. It can it can make a difference. I I, I completely agree. I think it can make a difference, but I can I think it makes a difference either in a positive manner or a negative manner. Cause sometimes those internal conversations can turn um, a thought into a bit of a, uh, a fester in mm-hmm. a sense. We're festering this, this thought that we had and we want to like, I just wanted to argue with this person about this. And then I just keep that internal conversation going and constant. It's just, and it just keeps going. Like I've almost gone through the entire argument internally. And if we're not able to recognize that, uh, then we allow it to take place. And then it could actually turn uh, what was not in a bad situation into a bad situation, you know? Um, and on the flip side, I think the internal conversation allows us to think through things. You were just saying about the, you know, having the little angel and a devil on his shoulder. Well, I like to call that war game <laughs> because sometimes, you know, yeah. no, I'm serious. So sometimes you got to have, okay, well, and, I, and when I say wargaming, I mean as in, like, you have the nice or the not-so-nice. Sometimes you have to do things, and you just, you're not so nice, you know? You have to say the mean thing. And it's not being being mean. It's just what somebody may consider to be mean, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes so, complete sense. And it's called honesty. That's what it is. But. Yeah. So sometimes you have to do that wargaming and you have to say, okay, well, if I say this, this, and this, it's going to lead to this possibly. But if I do this, this, and this, it's going to lead to this possibly. And then you have to think about the different waypoints of going about it. You know, um, I mean, my, one of my great mentors, you know, Joshua Bryan, he, he kind of taught me, it's weird that I didn't learn it until a little, uh, until I became, you know, a little more seasoned in the military, but he taught me, about wargaming and he just and it, it wasn't like he sat me down and said okay well this is how you war game instead he kind of like he went through a conversation with me or or a situation he said well this 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 and this could happen but then if i do this this and this then this and it and it and i learned the actual format of it in a sense because there, there i mean to me there is a format you know you have to learn waypoints and then know where to take something once you reach a certain waypoint okay do i go this direction or this direction because it's not like you can just go one direction or the other and then it's just going to stay that way sometimes you have to veer back and go so those internal conversations those help you through that you know and i just i found that i've found like tell me if this happens to you ed i'm not sure how many other people do it but if you're riding your bike by yourself and you just don't happen to have music on, do you talk to yourself? Uh, sometimes I have an internal dialogue. Sometimes it is external. Usually it's an internal dialogue, If especially here because I'm going to be riding in the city, and I really don't want the Germans to be like, what is wrong with that American? 
Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. um, see, and again, with what we were doing before, I would, I would do a lot more external when I was, um, uh, teaching because it helped me get comfortable putting the material and saying the material, which is, yeah, you know, which is a, a good thing. So yeah, I, I, the bike is my, sometimes I'll just turn the music and turn the podcast, whatever off and just go. Yeah. And just absolutely because it gives you that time to reflect and it does give you that time to play back stuff that's happened that day, maybe. Or if you got a big meeting coming up at 1400, like, you know, for me, I may be briefing a two star general at 1400. You better believe I want to rehearse. Well, when can I rehearse? Well, let's run it through my mind and let me verbalize it because saying it and thinking it is two different things to me. And yeah, so I would definitely I would get out there and talk. I've seen people do it all the time walking down the street. They'll just be talking to themselves. And I just hope that that's what they're really doing is, you know, having that internal external conversation. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's what I was getting at with is, you know, I did it when we talked about how I used to live an hour away from work and drive that drive. Sometimes I would just turn off all music or whatever, or I would have something on the background, but I really wasn't listening to it because I was having an internal conversation, you know? So I think it's a huge impact. I think it allows us to kind of kind of get our thoughts together and to try to kind of piece things together that we're thinking about. I mean, I really do. Uh, let's jump to the next part of that question because it's actually it's a couple pieces okay. of this question. So it says, what way can we keep that internal conversation the most positive influence it can be? What's the way to keep the most in- most positive Um I think positive affirmation. That's a big thing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like you can't, you can't have a conversation with yourself and be like, I'm such a dirt bag. I'm sorry. That's not helping anything. And, uh, it's going to sound really strange, but so, you know, I, I learned the whole positive affirmation playing basketball. I learned if you visualize the ball going in the hoop, it has a better chance of going in the hoop. Now I've never tested this theory and I don't know if there's any science on that, but it's the same thing when you lift weights. If you visualize yourself deadlifting that bar and getting it up off the ground, it's a better chance of doing it. I, I can't stand when somebody's like, well, I can't do this. I, I cannot stand the I can't person. Uh, you know, hey, I need you to get like, so teaching the instructor course. Hey, you're going to get up and teach. Da, 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 da. Here's your material. Well, I can't teach this. Well, yes, you can teach this, but you got to believe in yourself and have that positive uh, mindset and it's the same thing for your conversation you can't allow that conversation to get negative now if it does what's important is that you recognize it's going that way and that you're able to bring your focus back and and, and self-correct your course that's important oh, absolutely you know if you think about it um positive positive affirmation really comes down to you recognizing if you are being negative to to flip that squit that switch to turn it positive, you know, um, I can tell you right now that there are people in this world who have done great things that they use something positive and they keep telling them themselves, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Dean Carnassus, all those, <laughs> they won something. They did. If in, those of you who don't know who Dean Carnassus is, um, Dean Carnassus, I read his, uh, one of his books, it was called 50, 50, but he basically run, he ran 50 marathons in 50 States in 50 days. No joke. Um, and what was crazy about it was 
you know, he knew after his second or third day, he's like, this is going to be tough. I'm hurting, but I'm going to do it. And it was just something as simple as, you know, of him telling himself, I am going Mm -hmm. to do it. That's a positive affirmation because not only is he saying, is he physically going to do it, but he's also telling himself that his body is going to be able to do this. It's going to be able to last. And I mean, 50 marathons in 50 days, that's, that's abuse. I mean, this guy has gone on and do ultra marathons like you wouldn't believe. So if, if anybody wants to check him out, I'll, uh, I'll put um, something about him in the show notes. But Dean Carnassus, I mean, it's those types of things. And I heard you snickering when I mentioned Tom Brady. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know who Tom Brady is, he's the guy with the Super Bowl championships with the asterisk. And really, if he wasn't in the system he's in, he wouldn't have any. But anyway. uh, Oh, whatever. So He's still got six. So it's funny. So talking about – I just want to hit one thing on this. So when I was young playing basketball, right, I was super scrawny. I was very, very skinny. And I was I was tall for my kind of tall for my age, but if somebody walked into the gym, so say we got a game and we're warming up, and a guy walks into the gym, another kid, and he's taller than me or he's bigger than me, I would talk myself out of that game and have a bad game with my internal conversation because I would let it get negative. Oh, he's so much bigger than me. Oh, he's so much stronger than me. I'm I'm not gonna be able to you know I'm not gonna be able to do this and I'm. And I would always have bad games when I let that happen. That even went in when I played adult men's league. I had to learn to stop doing that playing basketball because, uh, you know, I would just like talk myself out and I would have a terrible game. But then I overdid it and now I've evolved to, well, not no more. I I don't play, but I evolved into the uh, arrogant, cocky jerk that would talk trash the entire game. And it helped. But it wasn't necessarily super positive either. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think I think this uh, the most positive influence you can have is to be yourself and being honest with yourself. And when you do it internally, uh, it helps reflect it externally. So internal positivity can reflect external. And and it's funny that you know it's really correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, but. Heather asked this question, and I'm glad she did. She always seems to have a positive, bright influence externally, you know. And that's I'm glad she asked it. That was really good. Um, and I'm at, at no point are we saying that anybody's asking a question either that this is a problem they're having. It's just we asked, we solicited for questions, and so people came up with stuff for us. Why can't it be? You know, it could be a matter of Heather has this tactic to deal with it. And maybe she's just trying to learn something else. Uh, you're never too old to learn. That's what lifelong learning is uh, all about. So maybe she's trying to learn, okay, I use this, but I wonder if there's another way to, you know, to keep my internal conversations positive. And now through this show and then through the Facebook page, maybe she learns something new that she starts using. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. All right, so we'll keep in, keep going because she still had a, another additional <laughs> thing on the end of that. It was all, it was all the same pretty much. All right. Do you have your own uh, intentional motivational talk with yourself or is it secondhand nature? What is it for you, Ed? Uh, it's kind of a secondhand thing and it, and it really depends on the moment. One thing that I've been doing that I mentioned it before is as since I started doing these uh, daily calm meditation stuff, I do it the first thing in the morning. Like I'm talking about 4.30-ish in the morning before I go to the gym. 
and I actually find it helps my mood throughout the day. So that's one thing I, I I've been doing, but like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's a spur of the moment thing. Like I know I need to top myself up for this or, you know, really when my nerves get going, I use it a lot. Like if I'm nervous about a briefing, giving a class or, uh, even traveling, which I'll have to tell you the traveling story later, but it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> but even traveling, if I'm traveling, I'm nervous about, you know, something, I, I try to be like, well, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? And and go back to Mr. Williams. I will reach back to Rick mentally and think, well, nobody's shooting at me. So how bad can this really be? And that kind of helps me, helps me get my thoughts together and, and keep in a positive mindset i would have to uh i'd have to say mine is probably more second hand nature um i don't i don't have like you know and i think that's maybe that's something i need to work on myself though is to be able to actually do those positive affirmations each day because i think it's just like if i notice i'm starting to you know go, go down a slippery soap you know mentally or even physically i will I will try to pull myself out just because I feel like, okay, I know this is happening. You know what I mean? Instead of, I guess, instead of being proactive, I'm being postactive <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, and, and I think that's actually a good, a good mindset to have. Um, there's the, there's all kinds of different uh, things out there. There's the miracle morning group. I want to say the miracle morning community. They, uh, that, that was a, there's a book that's out there. It's called, the miracle morning or something like that. And I mean, I've never read that one. I've, I've only know of it because I heard about it on another podcast, (laughs) but you know, it's, I think it's Hal Elrod is his name. And it's really, you know, a lot of it's a lot of the things that he talks about surrounds that whole positive affirmation and, and how it's used uh, from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, you know? So, I mean, maybe that's something good to kind of throw in a routine to kind of help. So other than that, I mean, that, that was a great question by Heather. Heather, we appreciate your uh, involvement with the group and, you know, asking that question. Ed, you got anything else? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good, quite good, uh, what, three-part question. All right, so the next one is uh, by Kathy Sanchez. And I can tell you that uh, this young lady, she she got out of the service uh, a few years back, but her, and her husband, he's still in the service. Great guy. Um I I love them both like they were brother and sister. Well, that's how I feel about most soldiers I've served with, but uh, very good people. Um, and she asked this question, and I th- I'm going to read this question, Ed. When I read it, you're going to be like, wow, this one's going to be a tough one. And it's not that it's tough. Oh it's just how you phrase it. Huh? I said, said, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah. all right. So here it is. I'm going to go ahead and just I'm going to knock it, knock it out, throw it out there, and then we can discuss it. What is the best way to handle a situation where you know your boss did something ethically wrong? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Um, and it's not tough because it's like, oh, you know, so there's two answers. to that. There literally is two, like normally what I would see is two answers. There's the what everybody thinks you're supposed to do and then what everybody actually does. Right. And then and then I, I would say there's a third thing, what you really should do. Um, so I'll start off with what everyone thinks you should do. It's that you're supposed to raise your hand, say this was wrong, and we need to get this fixed, and this person needs to be punished for what's wrong, right? 
That that's the book answer. That is the book answer. But I'm gonna tell you right now, what everyone usually does is they just allow it to happen, and things go on. And what happens is, is now something unethically uh, happens, unethically happens again, and it's a little bit worse. And then they allow it to happen, and then it builds. You know, when you see all, and, and this, this, I think this is uh, falls along the lines of like when you see stuff about uh, celebrities or somebody who's a well known in the public. You know, is a, a well known public figure. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, I never saw that coming. Well, that's because it's been happening for a while, uh, and now they finally got caught is what it is. And somebody and people just allowed them to act a certain way, and it just built up. I think it falls right back along the lines of the professional boundaries early, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, but those, those are my two handles on it. Um, I want to hear what you have to say, and then we can continue on. Um, yeah. Man, this is, I think this is a little bit tougher. So the book answer is good. I think that there's, I mean, you got to pick your approach with the book answer, right? Like we talk about direct approach, indirect approach. I'm more of a direct approach. So if, if I'm going to address that supervisor, I'm going to try to like isolate them, get them to the side away from everybody else and be like, Hey, this is not right. But the problem is when they just blow you off, the next step is really to escalate it. And a lot of people, so a lot of people will tell them, hey, I know you did this and you know it's not right. But then when they're like, well, I'm not changing, a lot of people turn a blind eye from that point yeah. on. They don't take yeah. the next step. And then, so th when you talk about this, I think about our, our sexual uh, harassment, assault, rape prevention program our response program um, because that's what, that's all that happens. So it starts off as a little comment and then maybe now it's a little pat on the back. I want to touching. And the next thing you know, somebody is being assaulted. Um, not mm -hmm. always, but that's kind of the same flow. And then even in, the, in your work environment, first you let them get away with this. And it's like, well, I got away with that. Let me do this. You know, uh, let's say you're a cashier. And you know your boss is stealing twenty dollars out of the out of the cash drawer, and you don't say anything. And then he's like, "Well, I got a way of twenty, so tomorrow I can try a fifty. You know what I mean? It just gets worse. Oh, yeah. And then somebody's like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And now it's a big thing. And when they find out you have knowledge, right, of this, and you did nothing about it, now guess what? You're facing the same punishment as that boss or that supervisor. So. I'm a direct approach guy. Some people be, and then, then you gotta be, you gotta know the person enough to pick your approach. You know what I mean? Like you, I would just be straightforward. There would be no, well, you know, Brian, it would just be oh, yeah. Brian. I know you did this. You need to stop. Cause I have that relationship with you, but it's that next step is the hard step. I think a lot of people will make the initial attempt. I think they will. I, I have faith that they will say, Hey, you know, that's wrong. But it's that follow on step. So that would be mine is you got to be willing to take a direct approach to handle that situation. Um, like don't go out there and try to be a CSI and catch your boss doing something wrong and take pictures and don't overstep your bounds, but know what your bounds are, know what your approaches are and, and, and know what your options are for handling these things. And, and then you got to be willing to, you got to have the intestinal fortitude to carry it out to do it 
if Brian did something wrong, regardless of our relationship, I have to be able to, Brian, that was wrong. I need you to stop. Then when Brian don't stop, I have to take the next step. And it's not always easy because I know as a leader, I've been in instances where, you know, I have to take the next step with this soldier doing something wrong, right? But that soldier has three kids and a wife at home. And I'm getting ready to take his rank away from him. And he's about to lose four or $500 a month in pay, but he's got three, three kids and a wife at home. Now, yeah, he should have thought of that before he did something wrong. He should have thought of that before he got a DUI. He should have thought of that before whatever. That doesn't make that decision any easier. In the back of your mind, as a human being and a leader, you're still going to be like, but he's got a family. But you still have to be able to do the right thing. So even with your boss, it's the same thing. Subordinate boss doesn't matter. You have to be able to do the right thing. Exactly right. Now, we've we've always, we've uh, most of the time, actually, we brought up military-type stuff. Well, let me just throw out one word, and it's, I, I think it falls right in along the lines. It's the name of a company, Enron. <laughs> now, if anybody remembers, those guys... They did some hain, I mean, it, it, horrible stuff, right? And they caused the rolling blackouts in California, and they were stealing money here and doing this. But they didn't just start doing that. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. s- some people start small, and maybe one or two people know about it, not many, or maybe no one caught them or no one knew. And then it just grows and grows and grows. The thing is, is just like where, you know, how it grows and grows and grows, the proper way to handle it is start at the lowest level and work your way up. Because if you do that, one, because let's just say some people don't have the conscience upon them and they think it they can just do whatever and, and nothing will happen to them. Above the law. Until they get caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, above the law type mentality. Until they get caught or until somebody says something. And then usually sometimes they'll pull back. And that's the whole point is, you know, Everyone should have some type of uh, quality assurance of, of any nature. And no matter who the boss is, you know, what if, you know, let's say it's a, let's say it's an army soldier. And, and it's just an example. I'm not saying anyone does this. I'm just in, off the top of my head. An army soldier um, who is a leader of sorts and he or she pencil whips. When we say pencil whips, it means we just write in whatever we want a PT test score for someone. And we know they didn't do the PT test um, or somebody knows that it didn't happen, but maybe one or two people only know, you know, and everybody else thinks it actually happened. Well, at some point, somebody has to raise, raise the red flag. It's the same thing with when I brought up Enron. People, there's no way in the world that only the top people, I think it was like five guys at the top. I mean, almost all of them are uh, passed away now, I want to say. Uh, but only those guys at the top knew that they were stealing all this money and doing all these heinous things. There were others that were involved on the way up, and all they did is they went along for the ride, and that was what it was. And sometimes when it comes down to a situation, if you are if you and somebody else knows, well, you the two of you need to first come together and be a team not a team against the person, but a team that does what's right. And mm-hmm. there's a big difference there. There's a big difference. Absolutely. If you're if you're, if you're teaming up against that person, that that's wrong. That's just as wrong as the unethical thing. 
But if you're teaming up to identify an error or something that went wrong, that's different. And and, and what people don't realize is because just like I think I've mentioned it before, uh, people will fester. They will fester in a conversation. They will fester on, you know what I mean? Like, so they tend to, um, they, they will build up this animosity that you really shouldn't be there. And because of that, well, now they, they're making a bigger thing than what it is, or they'll, they'll turn that person against them instead of trying to help them through and fix this, you know? So, but that's, that, that is my, that would be my solution is, Hey, start at the lowest level, work your way up. Um, and somebody's going to listen to you sooner or later, guaranteed, especially when you're, especially if you work in like organizations like we work in. Um, but in the civilian sector, well, it may escalate all the way up to the law, you know, and, and we'll see what happens, you know, but any, any other thoughts on that, Ed? No, I, again, I mean, I can't, uh, say enough. It just, you gotta be able to, you gotta be willing to, you gotta take that step because again, why put yourself in a situation where you can be compromised because you allowed it to happen, and then later you're fired with that boss? Yeah, or, or yeah, or you're or you're finished, or maybe you're uh, facing uh, criminal charges. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that that's just as bad, you know. So I would definitely say that it you have to you have to say something because sooner or later, if not, you know, you're just as guilty as they are, you know, and and and. It's, and it's not it's not fun being the bad person sometimes but it's the right thing to do you know so uh, other than that i those i think uh i really enjoyed those questions from listeners uh i think we're definitely gonna have to do more of these q a shows every once in a while yeah i'm hoping that this show sparks uh so many questions that we're like we're gonna have to do a two-parter that's what i'm hoping yeah i mean i i mean I would love to, you know, just like tackle more, you know, just kind of influencer leadership, team building, you know, anything in that nature. Because to me, that's all under an influencer type uh, mindset. And I would love for us to be able to tackle a bunch more. Uh, and we'll throw that out there, you know, as another maybe another task. You know, hey, we want to do another Q&A show. And we really enjoyed the first one. Um, but really, to tell you the truth, I am very thankful for Rick, Tammy, Heather, and Kathy for all throwing that stuff out there and just kind of you know, Hey, what is your answer to this? You know, and, and it get, it get allows us to kind of like speak through some of the things we've done yeah. in our careers and life, you know, um, and th- think about, um, but I would tell you, uh, with that, I'm going to throw out a task already. So here's the deal. We had four decent, really nice questions. I'm not going to say decent, very good questions. Um, I'm going to list all four of them, one through four, on a task. Uh, answer whatever one you want, but answer at least one of them. Uh, give us your answer because, you know, Q&A show is fun when you hear Ed and I giving our answer. But you know what's even cooler is when we get to learn from you, the listener, or you as a friend, or you as a family member, uh, that you've answered one of these. Uh, when you do it, just put whatever number it is, and then give your answer. You know, and and if it's a, you know, a five pager, hey, fine, we love it. Uh, I'll I'll read it and then maybe reply back, most likely. But that's what we're gonna do in the task. You're gonna for the episode twenty five task. I'm gonna list out these four questions, the the primary questions, and you get to, you just pick one. And you just kind of throw in what you think your answer would be for it. You know, I'd love to see what, I mean, I'm curious to see what people uh, out there that have been a part of our group say, 
because I mean, there's, there's a lot of knowledge in that group, you know, I mean, and, and maybe even these people who, these individuals who ask the question, they'll get to add, you know, get to answer one of the other people's questions. So I think it'd be great. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, no, I think that'd be interesting to see it develop. Definitely. But with that, man, I mean, we're, we're running on, I didn't think this show would be this long today, you know, for this, uh, this particular one, I thought we'd actually be a little shorter than this. <laughs> we kind of pushed it a little bit. Um, but I wanted to shout out out there to say, Hey, listen, check out the, uh, instinctive influencer podcast website. Uh, that's just www.instinctiveinfluencers.com. Um, check out the Facebook page, one oh one influence. You can go Twitter, Twitter page is one oh one influence. Um, and then check us, you know, find it on Instagram also instinctive influencers on Instagram and, then you can find each and of each one of us on LinkedIn. Uh, I brought it up before. Great, great platform to learn about certain areas of professionalism and influencers. Um, but with that, the best thing is you know try to stay connected. Stay connected with us through the the most direct way is through the is through Facebook. You know, once you become a part of the group member, we're going to see whatever messages are added or, or asked or, or, or messages sent to us. So. Please do stay a part of that. Uh, with that, do you have anything for the listeners, Ed? I have a trivia question for the listeners real quick. Without using the Google machine, all right, I want you to go to the Facebook page and tell me who you can associate this quote with because positive affirmation made me think of this. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> what is the character's name? And what is the person's name who played that character? It's a little trivia question. <laughs> I know right off the top of my head, man. It's funny. <laughs> I remember I remember what show it was. He did it a few yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. He wrote a book too, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, I know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave on that. Um, <laughs> hey, Ed wants to hear it. So I, I think what we'll do is we'll throw it. We'll, we'll make a different post just for that alone. And uh, we'll have that up there. I mean, some people are going to have to use a Google machine, man. <laughs> no, no Google machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, with that, uh, we really thank you for listening. In. Uh, it's been a great show. We en- we've enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't realized, this is episode 25. So that puts us at a quarter century. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of cool, kind of amazing. I mean, you know, by the end of the year, we should have almost 60 shows released. Uh, but thank you very much for all of you who have been supporting us. We are very, very blessed and happy uh, with, you know, everyone that listens to us every week. Um, and, and, I, and we see the numbers. We don't see who exactly is listening, but we see the numbers. And it's a steady, it's a steady flow, and we're very grateful of it. So yeah, that, I think, yeah, no, it's, uh, oh, sorry, Brian, to cut you off. Yeah, I'm going to, I think we should shout out at least, uh, we got listeners, uh, we've been getting listeners all over the place. So we've had listeners in uh, Canada. I think that uh, that's great. The support from Canada, United States, Germany. Where else have we got listeners from, Brian? Oh, uh, well, let's, let's jump right back to the United States. I, I will let you know that we've, people have listened to us in every state except for six six states wow that's awesome and we'll have to pull the provinces next (laughs) yeah provinces uh there's only two provinces that people haven't listened to us in canada Uh, nice yeah uh we've got listeners uh obviously there's a listener in germany or two um and then (laughs) south korea also 
Um, but we've got listeners that have listened to us in Afghanistan, in uh, in uh, Hawaii. Well, Hawaii, obviously, and <laughs> Hawaii and Alaska are part of the U.S. Um, we've got <laughs> listeners that have listened to you know uh, some of the areas in the Middle East. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, oh, even Australia. We've had listeners down there. Um, so nice. I mean, that's the great thing about this. You know, it's it's just so. It's so easy, one, to create it, and then it's even easier for people to find you is, you know, as long as, you know, they figure out who you are or whatever. And, you know, I mean, so, obviously. So I think what we need is we need our, our listeners to spread the word. Let's get those last few states and provinces. We can check those two countries off that we've we've had listeners in every state and province in Canada, United States. And then let's keep it moving. Let's try to get all of Europe listening. Let's let's just keep it moving. Uh, Maybe we have to see if there's an app or something that'll translate it into a foreign language for us. I don't know, but I was really excited about the numbers, <laughs> so I wanted to throw that out there before you closed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and numbers, the numbers of downloads and people listening, it's it's really been I mean, something else. I'll tell you that. So, but with that, we're gonna we're gonna end this show right here on the last note. Um, I will say thank you very much, and I know Ed feels the same way. Um, I am Brian, and I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.